Hello, my name is Isaac Kujude Noaboa, and you're welcome to the Change Africa podcast. I'm here with my usual co-host, Daniel Kwekumerki. And today, we are having a special episode of the podcast where we review the entire year. This year has been an amazing season of interesting conversations with some of Africa's most inspirational young leaders and business people, actors, influencers. And we wanted to step back and reflect on the experiences and the conversations that we had with these amazing people. And so I'm here with Daniel to do that session and reflection of the about 20 episodes we had this year on the Change Africa podcast. And so, Daniel, let's start with really, you know, the Change Africa podcast is about having conversations around the continent, but more focus on the ideas that people bring. And these people are very inspirational people because they are doing a lot of things to um, to change the continent, to transform the continent in their very diverse ways. So can we have an overview of the kind of personalities that came on the podcast, you know, the fields they came from, what they did? Um, do you want to start us on that? Okay, I mean, in terms of the fields, I think um, before even going into the fields, I think one commonality that we could see, it's like, it's really people who take their destiny in their own hands. And that can come from an artist, being a writer, it could be, uh, yeah, we had a rap artist slash um, medical researcher, we had people that came from the political side, leadership. We had investors. And when you say investors, really angel investors, VCs, or even social impact investors. So I think there is a lot of angles that these changes come from. Um, and very different approaches. Yet, as, as I said, the, I think the commonality really is the unique perspective gained from different, from the different places they come from. And then really, um, like taking your destiny into your hands, like thinking of someone like, for instance, um, let's say Fungai. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the moment she was back in her home country to going to the UK, how she really basically marched forward despite all the naysayers. I think that's another thing that all of them kind of show that despite the circumstances, despite the surrounding um, doubts, that they go their way. And um, I think there's a lot of moments of, yeah, insights, but also inspiration. When you, th- you see the story, I think it's Usman Usma, uh, Umar, or many others. I think uh, it's probably countless. I mean, there yeah. are some highlight moments that you can think of. Um, yeah, before we go into those kind of inspirational moments, I think I see the intercessions to be across leadership and mentorship. So you can have people like Yawa. Hansing and the exceptional people at EPL who are training the next generation of African leaders. We brought somebody like 
Hamed Kayode, who is a social activist who's building an organization that's mentoring um, hundreds of young people in Nigeria. We brought Adejoke, who is an outstanding lawyer and now building the Consign Mentorship Network. We brought someone like Leadership, who's um, Destiny, who's using social media to inspire and start conversations. And obviously, we have the artists and the writers who came, who featured very prominently. We have Akotoa, who is one of the young excellent writers we have jacob who's trying to do something in sci-fi and fiction who's trying to recreate african narratives and stories through a very new lens we have um historians like kwabana who are really trying to archive um african history and bring us to like give us a perspective of the future through the lens of the past um david who through inspirational um, solemn writing is trying to get us in touch with our emotions. Sly, a rapper who is doubling his research and using art as a medium to communicate his research. So, like, these are like very inspirational people. And I think we can come to people like politics and, um, social think tank, right? Elzine is in the midst of social think tank and social impact who is trying to do a mess of um rethinking the business model of venture building but also doing that in the light of social impacts but we also talk about um bright simons who's one of ghana's um biggest thought leaders and how for example he made predictions around how there's going to be a failure in at the time a newly um still debated heavily debated um in ghana that has i think till now unanimously failed and and he predicted that um people like Hannah Reader and Patrick who came from Development Reimagined came or gave us a global perspective on the influence of China that has grown as we go into the year. You know, Xi Jinping now really having his higher hand over the, the, the China now is very clear who he is and um you know the influence that they are continuing to have in in, um, in, in, in Africa, because, for example, I think two weeks ago, there was a U.S. Africa leadership summit. And at the same time, there were Chinese in town, you know, trying to take advantage of that moment. So that, that really shows you like the kind of diversity that we had on the podcast. Honorable mentions to everybody who was not mentioned, but obviously we've tried to kind of dissect the podcast from that lens. And you can put Donald um, onto that lens of history and political activism as well. And obviously we bring, like the people are saying, like the investor um, activists, somebody you say, Biola Labi, right? Mm-hmm. Being in that space. And obviously I think one of my more inspirational people is Teddy, um, who I had a conversation with around Ghana's um, healthcare. But you can't forget people like Osman and... And, and Banasco, who are trying to really change a lot of things and, and not. But that brings me to a question. What are some of the most inspirational moments of the podcast? Hmm. I mean, again, it's quite a difficult question because I feel there's a good number of inspirational moments. I mean, from an emotional standpoint, I think you mentioned Usman Umar. I think just the story of his, uh, yeah, his journey to Europe and the hardships that he endured and how he turned it around. I think uh, that was just that was definitely inspirational. I think of people that come from probably less favorable backgrounds and kind of make it. So that would be again Hamo David. I think was very very inspirational. Um, 
uh, one of the highlights for me as well, like uh, with Teddy, like just the stories of improvisation, how, I mean, despite all the odds, they, I mean, with 30 neurosurgeons in, in Ghana, they have to kind of fulfill almost, you would say, wonders. And also, I think one statement he made was about the immorality of demanding medical professionals, not just neurosurgeons, to come back because of the brain drain. Yet we kind of, as societies, contribute very little towards uh, their educational path and then becoming those professionals. And I think it was a good point that I had not looked at in that way. So I think that stuck to me. There is the part from um, what I also found very interesting with Fungai, where she mentions... um, she kind of explains the health problems of Africans in the diaspora that kind of stay the same problems, which I found very interesting. And then we also made a digression, kind of the changes that happened to African diets to, during colonialism, despite it sometimes being the same food, but maybe the grain, the staples changed, that kind of had an, have an influence till date. Um, I mean, we had, you mentioned Elsin, I think we had, yeah, we had the parts where it really went into kind of deep thoughts on leadership from a political angle and what really needs to be done. I mean, there is always a debate to be had, like how best to bring change. But I think what we can see is that it's all placed together because, uh, the other thing that we spoke about, for instance, with Biola Lab is kind of the role models, the stories we create. And I think that's a, that goes through almost all of it. And it doesn't matter whether it's an artist creating the story or somebody going a path that no one else has, has gone before. It kind of creates that picture. I think Fungai was a strong one, again, to come back to her where she mentions of, yeah, that little girl, let's say, in the village that now has somebody to look up to. And it's just something that, um, when you talk about inspiration, it broadens the horizon. To I think, including myself, there's a lot of things I have not thought of or I hadn't, I did not know that somebody is undertaking these, uh, these kind of yeah, um, leadership activities. And... Um, I think there's many more, but those were the ones that just came to mind at uh, at this time. And so, from your perspective, um, what were some of your most inspirational moments? I think at the latter end, and one of the things I like about this season is that we spoke to a lot of young people, very motivated and very impassioned. And I, I found someone like Destiny Story to be quite mm. inspirational, a young person. Didn't grow up in the most um, fortunate of families, but with a sheer drive. Yeah. Obviously, he had the, I would say, the natural um, ability too, right? He's a gifted person. He can tell that. But he made, you know, these comments around how he had to push himself and try to endeavor to, like, reach an end. And by doing that, he came to embody a certain kind of hard work and um, culture of resilience that really made him strong and to pursue all the things that he has done. And I think he's a very inspirational person if you think about what he's been able to achieve at such a young age. Um, But I also want to take inspiration for people who 
haven't seemed to have done the thing yet, but are walking the path, right? And I think that's also very um, true for a lot of the people. But yeah. someone like Jacob is doing something that not a lot of people are trying to do, right? And he has the belief to want to do it. You know, he published his book, Facebook with his own money, um, trying to, you know, create this new sci-fi world that really does not, it does exist, but it's not being popularized, right? Like, the, tre- the question is, what is it for him to gain? And it's not really a lot. It's just really driven by the passion to really create a new world and a new awareness. And I think that is also very inspirational, you know, if you think about that. But as you said, like, the podcast was just filled with a lot of amazing people. And you can't really talk enough about how amazing these people are. But I like to hammer on, again, the consistent traits of the people that we found on the podcast. Like, we are talking about people who are change makers and change leaders. What really is that thing that is consistent out of people who embody change and leadership? Change and leadership. I think I think one part is, is kind of also the independent thinking, but I also feel like it comes really from the start, like going on the path. Of course, a lot of these people, as you mentioned, it's like Destiny is gifted, but yet he has to start to go on that path to kind of identify um, yeah, his own truths, our truths, like Nigerian, African kind of truths. Because a lot of what we can see is like the, there is not that much information publicly available. So I think with a lot of these people, like also broaden the conversation. I mean, even when you look at kind of topics that maybe have a stigma, it's like you look at some of the writers. I mean, there were topics where mental health was discussed, many other things. It's just kind of the kind of the courage. I mean, maybe that's even a better word than independent thinking because that comes as well. But I think it's kind of the courage to stand there and just be kind of aligned with your vision. I mean, it's one thing to have that vision. It's another thing to stand in front of other people and really take that mantle of leadership and kind of drive towards that vision. And I think sometimes, especially in societies where there is kind of a lack of leadership in some parts, it takes even more courage to be one of the first in your field to kind of go out there. So I think definitely one of the traits I would mention is the courage part. And... um. Yeah, I think it's unique perspectives, but I was mentioning that before. I feel like the unique perspectives come partially because you you go on that path. So I'm looking at somebody like Hamode again and looking at where where he came from. I mean, aside of it being inspirational, but we just have to look at what is the trajectory of somebody coming out of those circumstances? And you can just see how he continuously, yeah, he sees himself as the change maker. From the smallest activity, you can kind of see that drive to just kind of, I mentioned it before, taking your destiny in your own hands. Um, sometimes the question is like, how do some of these people get these kind of traits? Um, when so many others are not getting it. And then sometimes when you look at even the school system, it's kind of, 
I would say that maybe the diversity of thought is not necessarily encouraged, yet we have these kind of people. Some, of course, they have different upbringings, they have kind of a mixture, they have other perspectives that kind of influence them or they see into two worlds. But then we really have others as well where, yeah, there is no identifiable source. I think there is one, but it's not really easy to see where where it comes from and how much is like... If it's not in, from your environment, it is not shared with you, how does somebody obtain that? I think those are the things that um, I would see as some of the major traits that I identified across, I would say, all of them. So I think for me, I find it quite interesting that these people have clarity of vision. Mm-hmm. And they also, like you said, they have the courage to pursue it. So I think it's that clarity of vision and the drive to do something that most people would just not do. Yeah. But I think reflection is also an interesting one. As yeah. Saying, because, yes, you can have the vision, but I guess the path, the path changes. Mm-hmm. And there is iterations to get there. So I think there is also a quality of being reflective, which... Yeah. I mean, that's what makes the podcast interesting to also see that kind of reflection. Exactly. And then, I guess reflection and also really the edge to see things true right yeah. like resilience yeah. and i guess being painstaking with the process and just committed to execution right yeah because like someone like joshua started this organization tried to get funding blah 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 didn't get it right but he was just committed to the course and was also very committed to execution to the point where people could see okay this guy deserves to get the attention now. And he's like one of the most celebrated young people in the climate space. Yeah. Um, so really, yeah, I, I feel like they are just emburdened with a passion to do. Like Kobina is someone who spent almost a decade in the arts field doing a lot of things, mm. got zero recognition before he eventually get to a very prestigious PhD. But it's just like they take the passion and they push it to they let the passion drive them and they allow themselves to go the extra mile. And that's very, that's very interesting around um, that. Yeah. I mean, and another thing probably now that I'm trying to think is like, who, when was the emphasis on the limitations? It seems there is a very strong, like they talk about their passion, the change they want to make, what needs to be done. But the limitations don't seem to be at the forefront of the thought process. Like exactly. it's a part. It's always account, yeah. It's always about what can we do. Exactly. Not less like why isn't this done right? It's they have the ability to focus on the positive and be solutions oriented less and less like negative and like whining around the circumstances around them. It's like when they look at things, they see the possibilities. They see the possibilities and they see themselves as part of the people that can cause the possibilities. Okay. So let's talk about new insights that we've gained for the podcast. Like, you know, we, we've been exposed to all these new ideas and people. What has really changed as part of our thought process and our viewpoint from the new perspective that was brought to us? Hmm. I mean, we have touched on some of it already, but um, what also comes to mind for me, for instance, like um, 
with Kwabna, for instance, just the, kind of the understanding of some historical aspects and then really to look at things through, I mean, not exclusive of other perspectives, but at least inclusive of the African historical perspective and also to understand where things come from. And then I think within the same conversation, we, I mean, there was the discussion around the documentation of our history. Mm -hmm. And of course, especially in this day and age where we produce more data, more information, and especially we can store it more and have it in more visible formats than ever. The question is, how do we ensure that those stories are still being heard? I think, um, yeah, we had a discussion, I think, in that conversation around uh, Wikipedia and the citations. Yeah. And it was, I mean, once mentioned, quite obvious, yet something that I had not actively been thinking about. I mean, you, you could be in some corner and lament, why is it not there? But you don't think about the difficulties that one has, maybe because certain documentations, there is a period where, or maybe there's different forms in which we doc, uh, documented it. And uh, I think that was quite interesting to me. And I think also afterwards when looking around and kind of engaging with people more on that kind of aspect, really seeing that there is so much more done in the past that actually could be solutions for problems that we have today. And it's kind of, it kind of becomes hidden knowledge, which of course it brings again the importance of people like Pamna bringing this kind of to the forefront. I think that was interesting for me. And when I look at myself personally, um, because I grew up mainly in Switzerland and then the books I read even were like German books and it's like, or like in German language and all kind of the thinkers we have, like that I read about and kind of shaped my thought processes just to see that um, there are as amazing thinkers here, as amazing um, historical context, which I kind of knew, but I would say I kind of would not have imagined maybe how much is hidden one or two layers be behind the, the surface or behind the obvious. Um, and then, I mean, I guess exposure and break, like the glass ceiling that people talk about. I think that's another thing that um, was an insight that is kind of obvious, but it affects more aspects than one thing. It's not just at the, it's not just at the highest level. It is, let's say, with uh, Yawa and EPL, it's, yeah, how do you kind of build that generation of new civil servants, change makers in the political fields? And who are the role models that we can look up to for different people coming from different backgrounds? So I think that's another insight um, that I found very interesting. And I think I would want to jump in now yep. and bring in Kokusi. Hey. Um, so Kokusi actually is in Ghana right now. And he's had a concert with Manifest this December, so he's like thriving, he's had a lot of interviews. But what I find as a new insight in Kulkisi is that, see, the whole spectrum of science and research ends with science communication. Yeah. And science communication has historically been about publishing research. I think Kulkisi takes science communication to a new level, where he incorporates science communication into rap, 
right? Because although you will not hear him talking about his research, it's really the foundation of the research that he's doing and the deep insight and understanding that he brings to his rap, right? And tackles social issues. So he brings us a new age of science communication, which is really rap and hip hop, which is really already known to the masses as a form of, you know, artistic expression, but embodying that in, in, in the research that he's already done in a very beautiful way that is more entertainment than science, but it's equally sends a message, right? Yeah. So it's like a very beautiful way of rethinking how would we communicate? It's like how the jingles on um, COVID-19 was playing on the radio, right? Because that is going to create an impression more than some researcher coming and say, go and wear a mask. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's a very beautiful perspective onto how you um, approach that. But I think what I would also take as an insight is from David, where well, I think experimentalism as a lifestyle, I, I would call it that. Because his writing is so experimental and so different, but it's also so consistent. The experimentation is so consistent that it could bring new light into what if people, right, took that as a framework of, you know, living. That what if you took that as a framework of living that your approach to life is to be continually experimental with new forms of things and how that could emerge into something beautiful. Because in his case, he succeeded in like trying to especially communicate the most, you know, vulnerable things by just being brave enough to not be bounded by like some literally boxes and just yeah. like, you know, just talk in very interesting ways. So like, I think those are very interesting things for me. Um, but the last thing I'll end around insight is this um, I think is reflection, right? Mm -hmm. And how each of these people really bring reflection into their work. I think Teddy is like the ultimate reflection, mm -hmm. right? Because it's difficult for you to be in one of the most um, challenging fields of medicine and have a reflective lifestyle where you are communicating your... And he does this to his audience on social media and all of that. But he's constantly reflecting in a way that brings people to it. I think that insight is how you how do you bring reflection to your daily life so that it not only gives you clarity, but also like kind of inspires people to understand what your lifestyle is and how they can learn from it. Because I feel like he single-handedly inspires a lot of people Um in the field and outside of the field to just want to do more just by just you know reflecting on his life and just talking about it mm. i mean for my probably one other insight that now comes to mind as you're talking is probably like collectively just to see how many people that are out there doing just amazing things and trying really or let me say really put that making a positive impact basically as the priority. The priority. And I think that kind of... I mean, that's kind of why the Change Africa podcast exists. Yet, there is far more than one can think of. And there is common traits, as we discussed before, but these people 
like the stories are very different, or at least the, let me not say the stories, the backgrounds for where these people come from is so different. So that is really fascinating. So I think that's one insight uh, that I also gained and an insight that kind of, to kind of really push to kind of broaden our reach and get really these change makers from all like geographical areas and everything because I'm sure there is so much more out there because even like and when you say so much more out there yes there is people who are recognized as being very successful but we also have very young people as you mentioned that are making their first waves I mean maybe knowing certain circles but then when you get closer, you can already see the potential. Exactly. And kind of the same traits as the others who are successful are in just mm. that clarity of vision, that drive, and just making that really the number one priority, which kind of encompasses everything. It makes, I mean, the inspirational part, the vision part that we spoke about, the traits, and really just for me, the conclusion that they're has to be so much more out there. Exactly. So it's like, it brings you a sense of comfort that in the depths of Africa's deep troubles, there's still people who are really committed to positive action and impact. And that has to count for something. Yeah. Um, I think on, a, on an ending note, I just want to ask around what holds for the Change Africa podcast in the future. And what do you expect that we can bring to the nuances of conversation we have? What what do you think is the next level for the podcast? And what should our listeners expect? Hmm. Um, I mean, from where I came from before, it's like, I feel like there was a lot of diversity, but I think there is still more to be done on that front, especially in terms of, not especially, but in terms of geography. reach. Exactly. Um, then, of course, also, I think our colonialist past has a lot of influence. I mean, starting from the language alone. So there's probably also more to be done in with guests from the Francophone-speaking countries, mm-hmm. even just within West Africa, but then also beyond. Just these different, uh, the different, like bringing more context to it. And then I think also... Um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's the same thing that I'm now kind of repeating, but when you, I'm now thinking about the artist side and it's really just to bring even more perspectives because I think like you mentioned before, despite all the, the many troubles in Africa, there is kind of the beauty that the troubles brings out to the best in some of the people. So, and we've, there's a commonality in the problem, but there's still so much diversity with, from cultural diversity, historical diversity that just brings out kind of perspectives that I've not seen. So I think people should really expect, I would say, more insights. The way we are kind of discussing yeah. these insights, there will be more insights and more question marks. I mean, <laughs> questioning the status quo, sometimes questioning existing narratives, sometimes questioning, um, yeah, Western approaches. Are they really the right approaches? 
in our settings and what about um, even historical approaches, especially in this DNH. I think, I don't know, I had a discussion earlier today about kind of many new sustainability trends and how kind of a lot of these things have like a kind of African or historically African, a lot of these concepts have been there. And I think there there is, I think, a transition as well to where maybe, we, of course, it's change Africa, but really also bringing African solutions to the forefront, not just on changing the continent, but creating global solutions. I think it has already begun, but I think there is more to be expected on that side or to be highlighted. Yeah, I think for me... The most important thing is that we should try to get more people on the podcast and do yeah. more than 20 people. And, and by just doing that, we increase our chances of getting more geographical representation, getting more diversity in language representation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, we're just going to be consistent in that. And we are going to strive to bring people who are very inspirational and very deep thinkers and kind of embody the the essence of the conversation um, that, that, that we have consistently had. But I, obviously, I, I, I think we've done a good job. But we, we do we do think that we can do much better. Yeah. For the next year, so we should just expect that we, we cross that gap. Um, we have exciting partnerships and um, opportunities for the podcast to come on video, yeah. create more content, etc. So I think that is really exciting. So yeah, um, what are your last words? My last words. Yeah, I would say since the name is Change Africa Podcast, um, I would say probably my last words. It seems like, yeah, sometimes there is difficulty to see the change, especially if we are in the midst of it. But I think that's exactly of why there is value in kind of zooming out of maybe the problems we are individually trying to solve and also kind of look at other change makers. And I think the other thing that I would say is really like kind of the potentials, these the new mediums are opening up for conversation across African borders, like kind of maybe kind of the Pan-African thought also from the viewpoint of content creation and not just for pure entertainment, but really for total leadership. Exactly. And I think that's kind of what we are driving towards. And I think we saw the importance at the beginning. That's why we are doing what we are doing. And I think it has only been highlighted. I think I, I see more, the importance clearer than even before. So I think we will do strive to kind of push forward, have new free armaments, and probably also bring back some of our old guests to kind of have uh, discussions on certain thematics, which could also be interesting. So I'm really kind of looking forward to more great content, more interaction, and hopefully a great 2023. Yeah, and like you said, more interaction. We should find better ways of engaging our audience. So that's something that we are going yeah. to think around. Um, but yeah, this has been 
I guess, the revision <laughs> of season two of the Change Africa podcast has been an exciting reflection of the thematics, the people and the experiences that we've had. And I've been here with my co-host, Daniel Merki, and we've been doing that. And we hope that you've enjoyed this process. So from everyone at the Change Africa podcast, we say a big thank you for being with us throughout the year and listen to our very long conversations around <laughs> Africa and people. We want to thank people who have worked with us throughout the podcast. Lawrence is currently helping us edit the podcast. Daniel Quay, who is our audio engineer, we want to thank everybody that's come through the podcast and helped us, you know, our designer, Andrew, and various people who have made the podcast a reality. And obviously, every single guest who has come to the podcast has been an inspirational person. And we want to thank you um, for giving us your time, your knowledge, and um, sharing with us. And we hope that we can embody change. We can embody inspiration for the next generation of African leaders and to continue to inspire people all over the continent. Um, so thank you very much for season two of the Change Africa podcast. See you next year. See you next year.